The following presentation is brought to you by KMmedia.pro. Please visit KMmedia.pro for more information. Now stay right where you are as we present. Welcome to Positive Talk Radio, evolving ideas, one conversation at a time. Great guests, dynamic stories and interviews, plus new thoughts on a wide range of topics and concepts. I hope that you'll hang with me, Kevin McDonald, my friends, and of course, you, as together we work to understand why we are all here and what we can do to make our world a better place for all of us to be happy, be kind, and live in peace together. Yep, that's Positive Talk Radio. Another episode of Positive Talk Radio. We've got a great show for you today. Can you, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, goody, goody, goody. I can, I can hear you too. And, um, yes, indeed, yes, indeed. So I would love for you to pronounce your first name for me. Marika. Marika. And Lexman is our guest today, and she's an author. She's a filmmaker. She's got a, a documentary that is coming out and it's going to be aired in Ireland, which is where she's at right now. And she's an author of the Madigan Chronicles. That's right, right, Madigan? That's right. Yeah, it's a fantasy story. Yeah, and well, not only is it a fantasy story, there are six books involved. It is, yeah. It's an extensive fantasy story about family. And I think you can talk about family endlessly. <laughs> Yes, you can. A lot of it is is uh, about everybody's uh, dysfunction, but you know sometimes it's it's kind of cool. Now, this you have been writing for a while, and you're halfway through this six. When you started doing this, were you thinking that it was going to be six books? Well, let's first tell you, you if you if you would have heard, heard many many years, years ago when I was asking me to write books, I would have said you're insane because I just just have no patience. So I thought, you know, how will I ever be able to write a book in this way? But I wrote a pilot for TV series, and that's what's the first I do for the Madam Chronicles. I got to I got to tell you, your sound is is going crazy again. Oh, I'm so, I'm so sorry. sorry. Is this, is this better? better? Not yet. Yeah. Let's, let's see if we can do what you did before. Uh, let's see if we can have it. Is this better? Oh, that's better now. I, I yeah. I'm I'm afraid the rural Ireland is a, maybe a little bit of a hiccup here. I'm so sorry. Well, that's all right. Let's see if we can. Let's see if it it's cleared up now, so it's perfect. So, okay, let's hope it stays this way. So let me ask you again: When you started your series, and you started with book one, did you think it was going to be a six book series? By that time, I, in all honesty, I thought it's needed to be this long. My whole uh, idea started many, many years ago as uh, I wanted to write a story about uh, a witch family which represented the tarot cards. Mm -hmm. And um, I tried to write it as a TV series. No, I started to write it as a um, film, but it was too many characters and too much happening. You couldn't fit it in an hour and a half. 
So once the TV series became more popular, I thought this would be actually perfect as a TV series because you have more time to spend with the characters and to develop the characters and to tell just a more complex story, I think. And I felt this story really needed time. And um, I wrote a pilot and um, I thought it would be cool. I love tarot cards. That each chapter or each episode in that sense uh, represented a minor arcana of the tarot card that is from one to 10 and you have four suits. So I decided it would be 40 episodes in total. So my books also became 40 chapters. And um, that uh, gave myself uh, an enormous task of writing six books. And I must in all honestly say, I didn't really think it through because, uh, you know, it's just <laughs> a long time to write six books. And um, these people live in my head for a long, long time. Yeah, it's very busy up there. Let's put it like that. I'm guessing, I'm guessing. Well, the first book is called The Dagger. And yes. The second book is called The Magical Tarot Deck. And the third book is The Wand. Yes. And I'm just wrapping up the fourth one, which is called The Cup. And the fifth one I already know will be called Fairy. And then the sixth book I'm not entirely sure about. So that will stay a mystery for a little while. And, and when do you think the, the project will be complete? Will it be like another five years? No, 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 for sure not. I hope to um, to throw the fourth book now in the publishing stuff, and that takes several months. So I probably end of the year, beginning of next year, that will come out. In the meantime, I will start writing book five, and I hope within a year to for sure to have that done, and then book six the same time span. So within two years, I hope to be more or less done with this story. Well, you know, that'll be really cool because people don't have to wait for a year and a half for each book because they they get to the end of the third one and they're going to say, I want the fourth one and I got to wait a year or two years. And so that's, that's good. And so people will be able to get all six in the series and go back to back to back to back to back to back to back. Yes, I think that's in also because it is really a continuous story with a lot of characters. It's handy if you can read through, in all honesty, probably. Exactly. Well, tell me about your film career, because you also are a filmmaker and you just finished a, a uh, documentary about Greenland. I went to film school in the around 1990, and uh, I actually have a master degree in camera and lighting. So I still love to take pictures, which you can see on my Instagram accounts. And um, I worked in the film industry in the Netherlands for several years and met my husband there. And uh, he got a job opportunity in America. And we said, you know, what the heck? Let's pack up and move. Um, but he got a work permit straight away and um, I wasn't allowed to work to begin with. So uh, I went for... Um, working full-time, teaching horse riding lessons, being never at home, to living in another country, have nothing to do. And um, I must say it was quite a culture shock because, you know, I was just such a busy person and then it's difficult enough if you have nothing to do. And then to live in another country, although I thought um, America and 
the Netherlands shouldn't be that much difference. I learned I'm a very Dutch person. And um, yeah, it's just, you learn a lot about yourself, where you're coming from, and also about the country that you live in, obviously. Um, but I had nothing to do. So that's actually when I started writing. And after several years, I got a work permit. We have a green card now, so it got easier to work. And um, I do still things in the, I still write screenplays. And um, I met people here in Ireland that wanted to make a documentary in Greenland. So I said, let's go for it. We got some money together and um, a day, day sailed, I flew to Greenland and um, we went up the coast and met a lot of wonderful people there and made a documentary about it. And I think it's uh, very powerful. And I was just blown away by the country, how nice the people were, the nature. It's just so alien and it's hard to imagine if you haven't been there. And um, the, the, the glaciers and just the wildlife and... To imagine that you live in a place which sometimes has 24-hour daylight and then 24-hour nights for months. It's just, it's, yeah, it's crazy. But I feel very lucky to be able to have been there. It was really special. It's a completely different lifestyle. I can only imagine. Gosh, it's just uh, in the summer, really, everybody is out and kids you see playing football in the middle of the night and I, yeah i i've never been in the winter but i can only imagine you're just in your house basically or you know do your basic stuff going out because it's also very cold and uh but they said you know because you grow up with it you're sort of um they sort of also looking forward to the winter but it's hard on children and elderly people i gotta ask you because you, you were in um, you, you were in the United States for a period of time. What was that like? That must have been a real culture. Other than you weren't able to work, that still must have been a real culture shock from going from, because Ireland and the Netherlands and that whole area is on my bucket list. I want to be able to go see that and go and go sit in a pub. Go, go sit in an Irish pub for a while. I think that would be a great fun. I, you will love it, Kevin, because people here, um, I'm... Dutch, so I'm from the Netherlands, but I have a house here on the West Coast and Irish people are just very open and curious. So if you go to a pub, you quickly have a little chat and um, you have to get used to a little bit to the Irish accent because they can be quite strong here on the West Coast. But it's fun and you, uh, there's lots of music around and um, I feel this is uh, old country. Uh, and as a witch, I say the land speaks to me here. It's uh, you feel instant some sort of connection or um, yeah, it's just a, a wonderful, interesting place. And um, I can highly recommend for you to come down here. You will love it. There are no snakes. Oh, <laughs> I know St. Patrick did away with that. Uh, like, that's that's one of those wives' tales that you know St. Patrick's is supposed to, and which is why we have St. Patty's Day, which is a drinking holiday in the United States. But uh, we have St. Patty's Day because he drove the snakes out of Ireland, but there never were any snakes in Ireland. So he did a good job. It was fairly easy. Yeah. 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 
Hence the drinking. They had time for drinking. Gone with the snakes. Exactly. And so it was a, a really a really good deal for him. But I've always wanted to go there, and I hope to make it uh, in the next year or two. So we we shall see. When you come here, I'll gladly share a pint with you. So I, I'm here. I try to be here in the summer and uh, because I live in New Orleans. And uh, I'm not really good with the extreme heat. So I try to escape in the summer to our holiday home here and um, miss hurricane season. Oh, good for you. That's a, that's a season that's worth miss, missing, by the way. Oh, yeah. Gosh, it's uh, scary. Does your husband stay there and work and then you come here or does he come with you? Uh, he, he works in the film industry, so he uh, travels a lot. So um, I I see him maybe uh, four months out of the year, I think. So uh, we each uh, go our own way. And if we're together, we do just uh, spend quality time. That will keep a marriage together if you're only together uh, three or four months a year. That's It works very well for us. So, <laughs> And you've got three little puppy dogs. Yes, they keep me company everywhere. Um, I have now small dogs because it's just easier if you travel a lot and uh three i must know honestly say is not very practical but um i always said i had three dogs before and then i said never three dogs again and then COVID hit and we saw this sweet old guy that uh, needed a good home so we took him in and you know once you have to what is one more and they are small so I just pack them up and uh, we travel, but that's also um, why I prefer to go longer periods of time to Europe up and back because I don't want to fly them a lot if I don't have to. Yeah, yeah. do they have to go into the hold? Two, I unfortunately have to check in because you're not allowed to take three dogs handbag. I try to book extra seats or I did try all sorts of stuff, but um, they don't allow you to do that. You have to have an actual person to fly with a dog. Oh, I so I take one in the uh, back because she has a very short nose and um, I fly with a certain airline and they are very, I must say, very meticulous. They let you know that they're there, that they safe on board, they keep you posted all the way and the people handling the dogs are generally very friendly. So uh, I think you hear a lot of horror stories, but these days, you know, the horror stories are the only thing that gets attention. So. Yes, uh, indeed. It's not my favorite thing to do, but I also don't want to leave him. So I, I understand. Your, yeah. your dogs become your absolute best friend. And they are, and uh, they're my family. They go everywhere with me. So uh, they used to go. I'm now in the car. I take them on the boats to England, and then through the train tunnel to Netherlands. And yeah, they're used to traveling. They're pretty good sports. You are really have had an extraordinary life because you get to travel all over the place. I, I, I'm a spoiled person. Yeah, I, I we have uh, a saying in the Netherlands. It's called Sunday children or something they call it. And they, you know, it's just lucky. I feel very lucky to be able to all do, do all this. And uh, I'm very aware that it's uh, a privileged life. Well, good, good for you. So now, book for, now we're talking. By the way, with I and I'm, my, I am terrible with pronouncing names. Marika, Marika, 
Marika uh, Lexmund, and she's the author of three books, soon to be six books, and it's an entire series. And a lot of it's based on witches and magic and tarot cards. And how'd you get into tarot cards? I've always loved tarot cards. I love the art. And um, ever since I, you know, I went to film school in Amsterdam and I, you have there the red light district and in the, on the edge of it is a wonderful little metaphysical bookstore. I think it's still there. And I walked in there when I was in film school and found my first books about witchcraft and tarot cards. And I, from then on, I was sold. I just bought every tarot deck I could get my hands on. And I think I have now over 300 tarot decks. Oh, wow. And, um, Do you yeah. have a favorite one? I mix it up i keep buying tarot decks it's a sort of a thing um i draw cards of the day to get to know my tarot cards if i like the deck if it resonates with you um because i find a lot of them i love for the artwork but i couldn't read with it to save my life that's why i say but i have i am I have an affinity thing with um, Celtic-based decks, so that's generally where I fall back on because I feel that's where I resonate with. But um, so, yeah. But today I have uh, Shiro Machetti's, uh, at the moment I have his Machetti tarot cards that I use for my daily cards because I like it. They're nice and shiny and cute yeah. Yeah, do, you read, do you read for other people or do you just read for yourself i read for other people if they ask me or uh you know on the rare occasion i do it on a friend's party or stuff like that but um uh, i don't want to make reading my daily business so I go to tarot weekends or stuff to, you know, hone my skills and uh, they're definitely integrated in my daily life, but I don't want it to make it my work, but they are in the books and uh, each chapter starts with a tarot card. I said earlier, and a friend of mine, she designs the tarot cards specifically for uh, the books. So that's something to, you know, you really dive deep into the cards, you talk together because she's a wonderful artist and uh, I've known her basically all my life since I was six. So um, we know each other very well and we're also not afraid to say the truth. And um, so we bounce back ideas and then the, you to create something with another creative person is just a magical thing. Well, and, well, and as a matter of fact, her name is Nicole, and uh, she, and you've known her for since you've known her for twenty years now since you were sick. Yeah, twenty years indeed. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. you know, you're welcome. And, and uh, her her illustrations are just breathtaking for the books. Oh gosh, she has a, a special mind. I think she um, is so imaginative, but also a gifted artist. And I'm lucky to be able to do it. And it's so fun because we know each other for such a long time to finally find something that you can do together. And um, yeah, it's just a wonderful experience. I, I enjoy it thoroughly and we have a lot of fun with it. 
and surprising outcomes sometimes you know you just you never know uh, yeah I, i mean i don't know anybody when i was six that that's still in my world today so is it when you're around somebody that much and you've been friends for such a long time do you get to know each other's thoughts and and that your relationship gets just deeper than than if it's been a short time i think it's very different if you meet as a child uh, it's more like you know i know her since i was six i you know uh, had a lot of sleepovers at her home um i have only four brothers and so i feel a little bit like she's my sister in that sense she was in my life a lot when i grew up so you just know each other really well and i think even though you sometimes don't see each other for a long time once you see each other you immediately fall back into that way of communicating or where you're comfortable with exactly you had four brothers i have four older brothers Oh, I'll bet you you're a very well protected young lady. When you <laughs> I was. Oh no, I was very feisty. I think that happens when you have four older brothers, and uh, I could take care of myself. But um, it's. I think they teased me a lot when I grew up. But once I got older, they spoiled me a lot. So it's both ways. Well, it's one of those things where if, if somebody were to come up to you and, and say, "You want to go on a date?" Yeah, but you got four brothers. I would think twice. I would just never take anybody home. <laughs> well, now there's an answer to a question. To yes. a question. <laughs> I only took my husband home when I was certain about somebody. So there were a lot of speculation about me when I grew up. Well, that's 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 good. <laughs> that's that's really good. So, where did your imagination come from? Do you think? I don't know. It's just always been so busy in my head. I don't know. And I find creativity is something that is on multiple levels. Um, like now I write, but for me, creativity, it's the same if I take a picture. I make spells and then I use also, it's also a creative process and um, they all feed each other in that sense. So there's it's never quiet in my head. So I think I always thought it was in everybody's head, but my husband always says, you know, my head, it's very quiet. And I said, like, people talk to me all the time. And I have, I see things all the time. And, you know, you can't go on a walk with me without stopping and taking a million pictures. And uh, then I have to talk to the trees and, you know, it is, it is yeah, it's busy. Yeah. Now, do you think that you, you would be, would you call yourself a psychic then? No, not at all. No, I think a psychic is a very specific skill. And um, I don't see myself as a psychic. I am sensitive to moods and stuff like that, but I don't think uh, psychic is something, I don't hear somebody else's, I don't see something for somebody else, or I'm just an intuitive person. Then who are all these voices that are in your head? Have you ever stopped to ask? They tell me stories. It's a good thing. <laughs> well, that's that's good. They'll keep you busy uh, writing more and more books. That's where these medicants came from. I mean, they're very busy up here. <laughs> that's that's pretty awesome. Um, because that's actually one thing I learned at the COVID is that I talk to them all the time. Um, because my husband and I are away a lot, I'm home alone a lot, so I'm unaware 
that I sometimes talk out loud. But with the COVID, my husband at a certain point said, maybe you can just call out my name when it's for me, because I apparently talk all the time. <laughs> that is that's so that's so interesting. So, um, well, it's 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 great that uh, you've got the fourth book coming out, and and have you started on the fifth book yet, or is that in the development stages? I actually wrote the first couple of pages for it. So I feel also sometimes so I ended book four with some something. I can't say what yet, so I, I don't want to spoil it. But the end fits into the beginning. I like to use a prologue to set a sort of a tone, but also a hint for something else. So the end of book four, something happens in the past that's the prologue that links into the prologue at the beginning and then in the end of that book it will become clear where it fits in so you've got all six books mapped out in your head more or less i would say on paper because i'm at the stage that i can't remember everything but um i map out generally my books but i also don't like to map out too meticulously because I think that kills the creativity and I don't want to write anymore. I learned that the hard way. I wrote stories and I, you know, really map everything out. And then I'm like, what's the fun in writing it? I love to write. And then sometimes stuff happens and things roll out that gives you, um, yeah, it's exciting. If, you, if, if I even get surprised. You know, and uh, I want to keep that. So, um, and then sometimes I have to adjust along the way. Like the very ending has changed. Now I'm pretty sure it's set because, you know, I have just two more books to go. So there's little room for that to change. But when I first thought of the story, the, the ending was totally different. So you surprise yourself with the, while you're writing a book, and in the in the writing of it, you still surprise yourself with where it goes? Yep. Yeah. You know, weird things come out sometimes. You don't know. And you want to let it come out. And then it just takes a, yeah, takes a different road and it can be fun. I also still love to explore. So, you know, you, you shouldn't set yourself up for not being and that's part of the creativity i think is to let everything flow and also not be afraid to throw something away if it doesn't work you know don't hang on to something because you have to be sometimes i write and i throw 10 pages away i'm like makes no sense where do you think the inspiration comes or the intuition comes for you to be able to write a book <sighs> I like to like what I love about New Orleans is the crazy people, the different kind of people, the all sorts of people. I just yeah. love to walk around in the streets. There and are lots of strange people down in New Orleans. I love it. I think I've, it's just wonderful. You know, you get ideas, you see things, and it just sparks stuff in my mind. And it's very different from Ireland, where I more get inspiration from walking by the ocean or under the trees or you know just more nature involved so it's very opposites but the both things are essential for me in the story and then i get inspiration from families because you know 
any which, not specifically which family, but any family has, uh, you know, interesting dynamics and good or bad, it's something you can play with and you can learn from interactions between people. And um, so basically it's just inspiration can come from the silliest things. You know, and, and when you're starting to look at families, there's seems like there's always uh, some dysfunction within a family, and everybody's got their unique brand of it. You know, th no, none is the same. And I think also, if somebody tells you they have a perfect family, it's simply not true, because there's not such a thing as being perfect. Not being perfect as a human, but also not no perfect family, and that's just fine. You know. And uh, you have people who don't like, feel like they fit in at all with the family. They think like, why am I born with all these people that they can't do anything with? Well, other people have a real family family and they still have plenty of issues, you know? So it's an endless brawn of inspiration. And, and as a writer, you just have to love that, don't you? What can I say? <laughs> It, it's uh, it's pretty back and enjoy the ride exactly well and now how long ago did you start the first book well the idea for the medigan chronicle started 15 years ago and i started writing the first book maybe four years ago what took so, you so long sorry what took you so long life and also to actually think i could write a book because you know i have no patience so you have to really sit down and actually do it and uh, i also never thought i really love it so much i i just love it i love writing books and making up stuff and it's just amazing that i can spend my days doing that it's it's almost as like a spiritual experience for you kind of isn't it it is, but I think it's just interwoven in everything I do, you know, it's like the Medigans are witches and uh, they always say write about something that you know, so um, I make it no secret, I'm a witch myself and I love to integrate things from that and spice it up with a healthy dose of fantasy to make it a little bit wild. And um, then I love to create a whole world. So on my website under thewitcheshead.com, you can see I also make spells that I'm oh, for years already make spells and I, they're all little unique items and I collect things for that. So that's also something that's always going on in an ongoing process. But it gives me also inspiration in the stories. And so the whole writing and what I write about and life itself as my life is, I think it's just one thing. It's all integrated. You know, it's interesting because I, I was having a conversation with somebody just a couple of days ago. And they said that they were a shaman and that they were looking at um different uh, shamanic activities that they could take part of they also said that they were a witch and i and i said well can you tell me what the difference is or what's what's one different versus the other she had a tough time going there so i'll ask you what does a witch do i think for me huh, a witch is living with the cycles of nature 
Ah. So being open to the seasons, feel connected, be in touch with your feelings, being open to others, because I think that's for me is part of witchcraft is accept people, whoever they want to be, whatever they are, whoever they are, it's just live and let live. If you harm nobody, I think people should do whatever they want to do and love whoever they want to love and be whoever they want to be. Just, I think it's very important if people felt comfortable enough to be actually themselves. And um, I feel at home in witchcraft in that, but I also feel that um, it's something that you can make your own. There's a lot of certain... Uh, uh, you know, you have, uh, uh, oh God, now I can't get on the English word for it. Um, you have certain groups or certain things. And I found I don't fit in in a group. You know, I'm not a coven person. I just, I, I, I get very frantic if somebody tried to put me in a box. So um, I, I practice for myself. I do it, I grab from every different kind of thing what I feel like it is and witchcraft is open to that. You can do whatever you want, you can make it your own, there's no set way. And that's what I really love about it. And I think shaman is a specific way of doing something and it's really more spiritual connection or something, you know, that you try to speak to certain, um, like your guiding animal or something like that you know it's more going on a spiritual journey also in your mind i think while witchcraft i feel anyway i'm a Virgo, so i'm very grounded so i feel it for me it's more of a grounding way although i might sound very out there for a lot of people so your birthday is coming right up then uh, it's saturday yeah I give it to you. There you go. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> and uh, um, yeah, so do you think that witches have gotten a bad name over? I mean, they used to, I mean, to be fair, they used to burn people at the stake for quote unquote witchcraft and stuff. Do you think it still has a negative connotation for some people? People think, I think people are generally scared of something that they don't know. And. Um, but I, a, a general witch pretty harmless. But like with any kind of people, uh, you have good and bad people. And that's also what one of my books, my books are about. It's, you know, nobody's all good and nobody's all bad. It's all about the balance. And I think, um, you know, they got a bad rap, like, oh, they're all evil. But um, yeah, maybe some, but most of them are very nice. I, I think, you know, you, the way you described witches is very similar to a belief structure where you, you know, believe that you know, live and let live and that we all are part of the same great big family and, and we all are energy and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's very similar to a spiritual type of belief that they would have in this country. It is, but I um, many, many years ago, I wanted to make a documentary about uh, the earth religions. And sure. when I started to do a research, if you really boil things down to it, they often start from the same thing. All the yeah. beliefs, all the, you know, even Christianity and Muslim, you know, if you really boil it down, 
a lot of them say the same things. It's just, I think, um, some people take it to the extreme and make it scary, whatever way it is. Yes. Now, now, um, what is the difference between like a witch and a druid? A druid is also a very specific way of uh, doing things. And I think a druid comes from a Celtic background and witches can be from anything. Now, you know, it's not specifically based on that um, where I believe like the, the, the druids, it's more about the trees and the, the, you know, you have the Ogram and the Celtic trees. Now, have you been to, I, and I forget what it's called, the, uh, the, the, uh, um, the circle that's got all the... the Stonehenge? Yes, yeah, Stonehenge. Thank you. It's still on my list. But I, I, you know, I have, it's became so touristy that I'm just, oh. I, I'm not sure. And I'm also a believer of uh, power to the pebble. Sometimes I think some stone that you find on the street or somewhere on the beach or whatever can have just as much power as something that has been there for such a long time. And because so many people get there, I, I just would feel maybe it gets out of sync. You know, and I felt the same way I did. Uh, um, I went to uh, Arizona and I wanted to go yeah. see, go to Tombstone because yeah. that's, that's where the OK Corral, the fight of the, the, there was. It is all just so tourist trappy. Um, it, it's, it's no fun to go to a place that has been, it's famous, yes, but uh, there are vendors there and there are things that you know and the and little shops that you go by and it's it, it just it loses its charm for me because it's not real anymore it gets and and i think um yeah that happens with certain places and especially in this day and age with people all posting everything i'm probably guilty about that too is that you um you know sometimes um there are certain places that you know get so overcrowded that it loses its what it made special. Exactly, exactly. By the way, she is in Ireland, and it is um, ten forty, ten thirty eight there, and uh, and her dogs are saying, "Where is she? Why aren't she? Why isn't she in bed with us?" And and because they're tired and and stuff, so. Um, I want to thank you for, for coming on and talking with me. And uh, again, the Madigan Chronicles are the books and, and you can go to her website, which is under the witches hat.com. Uh, that's under the witches hat.com. <laughs> I love that, the name of the website. Um, so well, it's because in the books, uh, the Madigans have a store in the French quarter, which is called under the witches hat. So it's more. So there you go. That's where that comes from. Oh, very cool. Well, I'm I'm gonna honor our time together. But before we go, I would like to uh, set some set myself aside and give you the opportunity to tell our audience that's listening now and those that will be listening in the future anything that you would like them to know about anything. Oh dear. Well, I just, uh, one of the things I can get very worked up with is people get 
put into labels and boxes. And I think let everybody be whoever they want to be and celebrate our differences. I think that's very important. And um, I would love it if, um, yeah, others just enjoy the people as they are. I agree with you 100%. And I love the celebrate our differences. Uh, yes, because, I think know, that's so important. You know, I was a bus driver for like 12 years, and people made me laugh uh, because, they, you know, they're different, and everybody, everybody's got their own story and their own belief structure, and it's, it's, it's just fun to watch uh, if you're a people person or like, like you going to New Orleans and watching people just hang around the French Quarter and down there and, and stuff like that. It's, Never it's, a dull moment. Yeah. I, I can only imagine that you must have had so much to uh, inspiration. You could write a book about that being a bus driver. I could, but I would rather do this and talk to you. <laughs> quite, quite frankly, because uh, um, I've got stories. Yes, I do. But uh, I would prefer to, this. Is, this is my prefer to tell the oral stories. Yes, this is this is this is my passion. This is what I love to do. I've been doing it for a long time, and uh, and I love talking. It's important to, people. to do what you like. Absolutely, absolutely. You got to be passionate about about what you're doing. So I, I want to thank you again, and uh, oh, thank you, Kevin, for having me on the show. It was just lovely to chat to you about life. Exactly, and and Miss Lexmond, um, you want to give me your first name again? <laughs> Marika. Marika, I, you know, if I could probably. You're, you're you know, getting better and better at it. Well, good. <laughs> Marika uh, Lexman has been our guest. And uh, and go, you know, look at her books. I mean, Nicole, the illustrator, they're, they're just wonderfully illustrated. They're wonderfully written. Um, she's got. Are, now, are you the uh, documentary that you have coming out about Greenland? Is, are, is that going to be distributed more widely than, than uh, Ireland? Yeah, it's called The Greenland Story, and you can already get it on Amazon on the month, I think, uh, in the U.S. and in the U.K. So, Wow, you're famous. Oh. <laughs> well, anyway, I think Greenland is a very interesting place for that respect. I think people should just... And what I love about our documentary, we meet regular people, and they tell stories from their life. So um, the story is told by the people of Greenland. So, and I, I, I personally didn't know much about it before I started this project. And um, it's, it's, I thought it surprised me and it was not what I expected. And it's, it's going to be a big deal because Greenland, in some cases, people are saying Greenland has got the key to our future. If we lose all of the um, uh, glaciers that are there, uh, it's going to change the world in in really dramatic fashion. Yeah, and you know, uh, it's already changing these people's worlds already because they feel it so acutely already directly. Although I think we all feel it in some ways, like uh, think that the weather events are getting worse and stuff like that. But you know, they really see it in their daily life, and um, they have such a natural way of living which obviously also spoke to me as a, a witch. And um, family is very important to them because they really rely on each other. But they also have a lot of problems because they um, 
their culture changed so rapidly from traditional to modern and uh, their world went from, you know, with internet and everything blew up more or less because it just, but they have such a rapid change. So that was also very interesting. So except next to the climate change and how that affected their life, it was also interesting to see how quickly their culture was forced to change and what effect that had on people. It would sure be nice if we could just let people be who they are rather than, you know, in the end, their culture goes back centuries and it's being yes, changed. They have with such a rich history and, um, yeah, it's interesting. And, I, I, I was yeah. blown away by it, yeah. Well, it has been a pleasure talking to you, young lady, and I thank you very much for being here. It and, was a pleasure talking to you, and thank you so much for having me. And you need to come on and we'll talk about more of this stuff again. Would you do that for me? I would love that. Yes, for sure. That's awesome. Maybe we're next time when I'm in New Orleans, have a different story. Exactly. We can we can uh, give you a little camera and we'll go down and you can you can take pictures of people. That will be fun. Yeah. So thank you so much. And if you wait right there, I'll be right back again. By the way, go to underthewitcheshat.com to get all the information about all the books. And uh, and you can go to Amazon and, and buy them as well as the um, documentary about Greenland and stuff like that. And that would be that would be special. So please do that. And thank you again for being here. Thank you. Right there, and I'll be right back. Hey, thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of PositiveTalkRadio.net. Please visit our website, oddly named PositiveTalkRadio.net, for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald, and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to one another because 